Hello, this is Dr. Shiva. Welcome to our podcast, Get Educated or Be Enslaved. Episode 906, air date March 18th, 2021. Live on Facebook. Uh, good morning, everyone, or good afternoon, depending on which time zone you're in. I'm going to have a very interesting interview with uh, Robert Breton of the Infinite Cup, uh, discussing about what it means to be a healer. And we're going to really take a perspective across East and West. So let me bring in uh, Robert. Robert, are you there? Yes, sir. Okay, good. Let's go. Very happy to be here with you. Yeah. Yeah, let's do it. Very happy to be here. Yeah, the, the word healer comes up, and, you know, when I think of that word, it's about really getting into your gifts and channeling what you are here to do on planet Earth. So it's something I think everyone is navigating towards, especially as we get through this, you know, agenda that's being played out on the surface and navigating this realm of what you have to do in order to really unlock those gifts. So excited to talk to you about that and get a real perspective on how people can really do that. Great. So where should we begin? Let's talk about how we can get into with your path a little bit for people that, you know, want to have a little more of an introduction for yourself. Um, someone who really has gone through it and, uh, you know, done the work and in order to merge both, you know, the spiritual component with this modern life that we have to live. So finding that balance and then also, like I said, unlocking those gifts and, and really adding the value to, you know, mankind. Sure. I mean, it's an interesting uh, journey for me. You know, I've had the opportunity to experience multiple worlds. Um, you know, on, on the website, vashiva.com, there's a little essay I wrote called Journey Across East and West, you know, Ancient and Modern Science and Tradition. And it sort of uh, says it all. Um, you know, I grew up uh, in an environment. I grew up in two worlds, right? Uh, at a very young kid in my formative periods in India. And then uh, starting at seven years old in the United States and working class neighborhoods in New Jersey, then coming to MIT, then living in Hollywood, and then um, being in the highest levels of academia, going back to India for two years, uh, serving in the Indian government, coming back here. So I've, I've had a, a number of very rich, and but I, I would say the best word is contrasting experiences across multiple worlds. So if you just take India, when I grew up there, um, India, you know, this is 19, I was born in 63. Literally, if you think about it, only 16 years after India got quote unquote independence. So India still had many, wow. many colonial remnants in there, right? So 1947 is when India got independence. So it's an interesting period to think about. My my parents grew up in a India run by British colonialism and so did my grandparents. Yeah. And in that environment, wow. uh, yeah, so they, you know, so I grew up in two worlds, even within India. Imagine living in New York, yeah. New York on steroids, right? That's one world, yeah. uh, which was which was what Bombay yeah. was. And then the other extreme was this small South Indian village in deep South India, which had no running water, no electricity, it was small villages. The air was absolutely pure. Um, I mean, you walk barefoot. and I mean, it was a completely different world. It's what I would probably always have a deep uh, sense of some sense of home in the sense because you were literally connected to the earth. My grandparents were poor village farmers. Um, my great grandfather, I remember him well, he worked in the fields until he was 93. He had gone as a kid to Burma. Uh, they had gone through this whole journey in the 18, late 1800s. He'd gone to Burma, come back to India after World War II. And they were essentially poor village farmers, but they lived in this very, very pure environment. You didn't have to think about the word organic. You didn't have to think about the word non-GMO. All that stuff was in the uh, was never there, right? 
and uh, yeah. or, or always there. So, and my, and my grandparents were deeply devout into spirituality. My grandmother would go into trances and channel spirit. She was tattoos all over her arms. Uh, she was a village healer on every weekends. The, or, uh, she was the shaman of the village and she had practiced traditional systems of Indian medicine. She could observe your face and she could predict what was going on inside your body. And then she would figure out particular yeah. formulations for you. And none of this was taught. To her, Robert, it was something uh -huh. that you learned through passing um, masters or yogis who came through. Um, yes. So I saw her empirically heal people. So that was one horror world, right? A world within worlds, Bombay yeah. and this deep South Indian village. And then think about it, my parents, who were we were considered the quote unquote lower caste in India. So the fact that uh -huh. my mom even got educated, my dad got educated, and we ended up coming to the United States in 1970 is quite extraordinary. And um, yeah, but yeah, so it's a quite extraordinary journey that my parents were able to peel themselves away from that, given the extraordinary circumstances that they had. So, so that's the background. You know, then I come to the United States at the age of, you know, seven, and then you're in a completely different world. This very traditional South Indian family. It's like basically aliens landing in a new world in Patterson, New Jersey. <laughs> yeah. This was sex, drugs, and rock and roll, right? Uh, this was 1970, still Vietnam Wars going on. And Patterson is predominantly all black. Um, and then yeah. highly segregated, right? And then we go to yeah. another town, Clifton, which was more working class town. And then to Persephone and then to Livingston, which is predominantly all Jewish, very wealthy people, right? So my parents tr went to all these different public schools so we, could, we would get a better education. Then to MIT, right? And then to yeah. the invention, uh, uh, inventing email as a kid in Newark, New Jersey, then to MIT before I came, that occurred before I came to MIT. And then realizing MIT was really the military industrial academic complex and learning how to fight. You know, I, as, a, as a, we started a student newspaper at MIT, learned activism. I never voted for any politician because I saw how both wings of the establishment were corrupt, how they did yeah. not serve working people. When Trump ran, I saw glimmers of him that he was hitting, he was anti-establishment. And, yeah. you know, first time I ever voted, then decided to run for office in two elections. We won, clearly won the last one, but they stole it from us. We have two federal lawsuits exposing the election fraud of which, you know, we are the only two lawsuits that are standing across all the ones that all of Trump's lawyers filed because we've gone at the wow. heart of the issue. Yeah. But throughout that entire journey, Robert, the key central thing has been systems. If you look at the systems of medicine in India. They use a whole lingua franca. If you look at the system of engineering, there's a whole language there. If you look at the system of politics um, and what I've been, the journey that's led me through all those inventions, all those degrees is ultimately the latest uh, realization. I mean, which or, or the latest ability of a way that I can educate people without them having to go to MIT, without them having to spend 50 years of their lives. And literally in about a couple of hours, I can teach them systems because once you understand the science of systems, you can, and there's a core DNA that travels through everything in the universe. And that is the forces of transport, conversion and storage. We'll talk more about that. Right. And how those forces are the same forces that drive your body as a system, political systems. And in fact, the notion of truth, freedom and health is directly related to these scientific concepts. So if we're going to build a quote unquote movement, right? It cannot be founded on some stupid slogan, right? Like lock her up or, in fact, that didn't get us anywhere, right? 
It has to be founded on principles which integrate directly with um, natural law. So that's yeah. where we're at today. You know, we've built the, the latest invention is we have a platform. The goal is to educate people to build a bottoms up movement because that's how nature operates. It's not top down. The other yep. model is to edu exactly. educate people. Uh, you know, in in the Indian tradition, there's a word called buddhi, B-U-D-D-H-I, which comes from Buddha, which means common sense, to have wisdom, mm -hmm. right? To have the ability of discernment to be, and this is a critical thing that all the great spiritual traditions yeah. talk about. Wisdom, meaning being able to see what is right action, which is what karma is. That's the official definition of it, if you look at the real word. Um, and what that will lead, and, and recognizing that when you look at the world, you have the obvious people who are the asuras, right? The people who try to keep things down, the devils. But then the more interesting people that people do not see are the people who are the not so obvious establishment. And that requires a lot of discernment. The reason change doesn't take place, the reason we're in this situation is because we've been, it's not the establishment, it's the not so obvious establishment. And we should talk about that, you know? And so the goal is to yeah. teach people yeah. systems, to teach people the interconnection between truth, freedom, and health, why we must build the bottoms up movement. So it's education and then building community and then activation. And that's the quote unquote technology platform that you know we put together via Shiva. And the purpose of that yeah. is to, and it's it's literally a university online on on the most important scientific concepts, which is systems theory. And, and which people will spend a lifetime doing. And then to educate people, you can use those concepts in a very practical way in your local communities. It's not something you wait for a politician. And those concepts are directly connected to the same principles and how your body runs. So. That's beautiful. That's, and that's why I love following you and doing this is I talk a lot about, you know, creating the change yourself, you know, and not relying on this political system or not relying anything that is going to propel that more and that agenda headed into that direction right so those are the options that i see that people have and that's something that i just want to commend you for first of all because obviously it's not easy doing that work and and battling that so let's get a little more in tune as far as what you said as far as getting you know behind the scenes as far as what is truly going on because i know people get caught in the surface right and it's something that you have to peel back those layers and get away from the the fake news and the media and all this you know censorship that all of us are experiencing right now and it's something that you know we have to promote that truth and get that out there even you know double is how i look at it right as that darkness is spreading we have to be the light even even more you know so what is really going on you know behind the scenes and how can people you know create a solution for themselves yeah, you're asking a good question, Robert. I think the two, to synthesize what you said, what is going on, which means what is a real problem and what is a real solution? It's a very profound question, actually. The real problem and the real solution. So, you know, in the, since we're, you know, in the ancient Hindu texts, right, they look at the world and, and not that different than how um, the Western Christian texts look at it, you know, as the, uh, you know, you had first the golden age, right? Then you had the Silver Age and yep. the Bronze Age, and then you have decadence, right? Yep. In the Indian system, they you know they have the whole four ages of the earth, and they go in cycles. Well, the age of darkness is called Kali Yuga, K-A-L-I-Y-U-G-A. So it goes from uh, Satya Yuga, which was the age of truth, right? And in the Kali Yuga is where we are, which started according to the Indian calendar, I believe about 3,000 years ago, 4,000 years ago. I forget the other, you, you can look it up. 
But in the Kali Yuga, um, there's an interesting phenomenon that takes place. Uh, what is right will be presented as wrong and what's wrong will be presented as right. You have the utmost um, uh, Maya, illusion. Maya is illusion, which means um, people who are spreading the truth will be, uh, you know, uh, manipulate, you know, the, the those in power will manipulate yeah. them to make them appear evil and those will evil will appear as though they're good. So you have this complete uh, dialectic of, of illusion taking place. That's what the age of the Kali Yuga is on. But it is also one of the most important periods in the cycles that take place. At least this is if you believe in the Hindu uh, mythologies, right, or the Hindu uh, philosophical ideas. It's also one of the most important periods to get the most enlightened, okay? So you have both going on. You have a, a, a incredible darkness, but you also have an opportunity to awaken yourself, which is, uh, you know, so one of the uh, things we that I talk about is know the truth, be the light and find your way, which means you have to find the foundation of truth. So, so how do we find what the real problem is in any situation, right? You look around in the health issues or you look around on political issues. How do you as an individual discern what truth is anymore if you have to do it on your own, right? Well, the found systems, there's a whole, uh, uh, there's two aspects of philosophical way of looking at the world, right? One is what you call a dialectic, right? Black and white, yin and yang, right? Left and right, pro and anti, right? In the, you know, the Chinese symbol of the yin and yang symbol. So one way is you always see duality in everything. But if you notice in the yin yang symbol, there's that center line, which is in many ways, the thing where you can actually find truth. Now to find that aspect, you have to take a different approach. Because those in power want you to be in this side or that side. So pro-vax, anti-vax, right? Pro-GMO, anti-GMO, right? Uh, Republican, Democrat, pro-Trump, anti-Trump, and so on. And that is the illusion. That's the Worldwide Wrestling Federation right there. Uh, or WWE, I think, right? <laughs> That's a great way to describe it. Yeah, <laughs> and, and those in power want the masses to be entertained. That's what Hollywood is, right? It is essentially that illusion. Now, to break from that illusion, um, you have to, first of all, decide what is your goal. In the Indian tradition, we called it a sankalpa. In the U.S. Yeah. tradition, it's called your goal, right? In, in Western control system theory, it's called a goal. Um, and by the way, there's a, a very, uh, you know, after I finished my Fulbright in 2007, I'm sorry, when I finished my PhD in 2007 at MIT, after getting my biological engineering degree, uh, which really helped me understand a way to understand biological systems, bottoms up. We created a technology called Cytosol where we could model the human cell on the computer. We could model any disease on the computer, eliminating the need for animal testing. And using that technology, we could understand the alchemy of food and ingredients, et cetera. It's what my grandmother did intuitively. That was Cytosol. So anyway, having done that, going through the journey of all those degrees at MIT, I took time to go back to India in 2007 to see if I could interconnect Eastern and Western medicine. So what that... Yeah. And so that so the problem is in the Western world, we look at things as genes and proteins and, you know, force and mass and so on. Right. And having mastered that, you know, I had the credibility to go back to India and look at this other world in the Indian system of medicine or the Indian philosophical traditions. You have these words, earth, fire, water, vata, pitta, kapha, prakriti, purusha. Right. And chakras yes. and datus. And then you have karma and sankalpa and indriyas and 
Manas, there's a whole nother world. So here you have these two different worlds, genes, proteins, mass, electrons, matter, right? Uh, equations, right? You know, the highest level of mathematics I could have learned, right? And over here, I'd also learned these other traditions and I saw my grandmother heal people. And I saw also Western medicine have its place, right? God forbid you get in a major car accident. It's excellent for crisis management. Doesn't know anything about prevention, but it's good in that realm, okay? So having experienced both these worlds, when I uh, went back to India and I, you know, I was traveled all over India. And I was I, I was taught meditation at a very young age, um, at the at, at, when I was twelve years old. Um, you know, traverse all the spiritual traditions. I've had some amazing and deep spiritual experiences, um, as many you know many of the ones you read in the books with yogis, etc. But for me, the interesting thing was. Why, what was going on here? You had all these words describing some sense of reality and this yes. describing it. And the conclusion that the big aha moment I had was in Western systems theory, they have a way that you describe intelligence or intelligent systems that we use in cybernetics and robotics. And that begins with a control system. You can think about your thermostat. It has a goal, right? It has an output. It has sensors, which is a thermometer. It figures out how much hot water to send into your home, right? Which is called a controller based on achieving a temperature. Anyway, if you go through this entire process, that is called a control system. And it comes from systems theory. And there are about nine terms that can describe that. Input, output, transport, conversion, storage, goal, sensor, and um, and disturbance, okay? And, and we can get into that. But in the Indian system of medicine, my grandmother used a whole different lingua franca. When she looked at you, she'd say, oh, you're a vatha pitta or someone else is a pitta kapha and you have a disturbance, which means you're off balance. All right. So there's a whole system of Indian medicine. There's also a system of Indian yoga. When you met with your yogi, they would ask you, you would figure out with your yogi what your goal in life was. That was called your sankalpa or your mission. Then the notion in the Indian yogic system was you had indriyas, which were your senses, at least your five senses, right? And then you had manas, which was your mind, which was the ability to make rational decisions. And all of this to achieving your goal occurred in the midst of vikaras. Vikaras were those disturbances that came in life, those that would get in your way. And the Indian yogi said, Rishi said, written out all of these, hopefully to help people so you could accelerate your growth. Well, when you take that system of yoga and you combine it with the Indian system of medicine, the big aha Hayat was when you combine them, those things match one-to-one -one with Western control system theory. Okay, so for example, input is karma. Karma is actually right action. A lot of people don't understand this. The yeah. movement of energy, which we call vata, is transport. The conversion of energy, matter, and information in different forms, well, guess what that is? That is pitta, conversion. Storage or structure is that aspect of the universe which provides structural elements, stores things like the beams in the house, your, um, you know, the USB drive which stores, you know, information or your physical skeletal structure. And then, so that's the storage or structural element. So you see transport conversion storage is vata, pitta, kapha. And then what you find is that you have sankalpa is your goal, right? Your indriyas or your sensors, like in a control system, a robot has sensors. And then you have, the concept of the controller, which is manas, your mind. And then you have disturbance or vicaris. So I had made a profound discovery, which was that the Western system of control systems theory, which is what the Western 
everything we see around us would not exist because of that. Airplanes, computers, you go down the list, microphones, etc. Well, that system of understanding these systems and what the rishis have figured out, they use a different terminology. Unfortunately, a lot of the people who study Indian yoga or Indian medicine, including Indians, don't even know what they're talking about because they just use these terms. The Westerner comes to them and say, hey, what does that mean? They hand wave, you know, Deepak Chopra has this problem, right? So he couldn't explain it. Deepak, you know, I know him, good guy, right? So he ended up trying to do spirituality. But at the foundation of this is an engineering system science. So, so in, so that, that framework helps us figure out what a real problem is. Getting back to the question, how do you figure out what a real problem is? Well, you have to look at a complex system. A, you have to understand the interconnections. B, you have to understand what the purpose of that system was. And you have to see these components and what'll emerge out of that analysis is always what we call the truth, which is beyond left or right. All right. So you take something like climate change. All right. Well, what is the climate? Well, first of all, it's constantly changing and it's a very complex, again, this word will show up, system. What is the climate? Well, it's, first of all, it's two, from a fluid mechanics and a radio, radiative physics, it's two complex, what are called turbulent fluids interacting the ocean, which moves at a certain time scale, long time scales, but it's a turbulent fluid. And it's not laminar flow where you can predict the flow. And then you have the atmosphere, which is gaseous, right? These two fluids are interacting to make sure when we get the sun's energy, which is about 5,000, you know, 340 watts per square meter when it hits the earth, in order so we don't fry ourselves, what happens? 140 40 of that watts is returned back. The 200 that comes in is also sent back through a process called convection where the earth's surface, you know, uh, uh, acts like a frying pan and the remaining 200 goes in. Now, why am I sharing this all with you? Well, first of all, the equations for even describing one turbulent fluid still have not been solved. It's called the Navier-Stokes equation. So if you wanna solve two different fluids, it's right now, it's an impossible problem to solve. So here you have one set of people who are claiming they've solved it with models, very difficult to solve. And then out of all this complexity, telling people the opposite of systems is a reductionism, that CO2 is a problem. We have to get rid of CO2. Not thinking what happens if CO2 levels go below about 180 or 200 parts per million. Everything on the earth dies. So you have people taking a very complex system, not focused on the real problem. They focused on a distraction. Why? Because blaming CO2 leads to another very interesting business opportunity. And I did a whole video on the Paris Accords, right? Because this is going at the real issue which is you say carbon is, car, CO2 is a problem. You then incentivize people to pollute. China can now double their pollution according to Paris Accords from 11 billion to 22 billion metric tons of carbon. And then after 2030, the polluters, they don't have to lower the pollution, they simply have to buy carbon credits. There's a limited number of carbon credits, which will go up in price. Al Gore, you know, a few people become trillionaires. So you're incentivizing pollution when air pollution uh, you know, COPD is the number one source of death worldwide. So China right now is allowed to go from 11 billion metric tons of carbon to 22 billion. That's not, there's no benefit to this. You're not solving the problem. The real problem is lowering pollution, right? That's what we should be, instead of doing that, we've diverted the problem to CO2. So, but if you take a systems approach, you can see this right away. Art is a very good way. Drawings, interconnections, 
help you see truth because you start seeing truth emerges from those interconnections. So in order to get to the real problem in any situation, we have to take a systems approach. So if you look at the world today and you apply that systems approach, you know, the, the, in, the educational model that, uh, you know, that I've put together teaches people that what you see right now, the framework that you want to be able to understand that is through the framework of a systems approach, freedom, truth, and health, freedom, truth, and health. Let me explain. And you can apply this anywhere. So if you look at health for far too long, you've had the earthy, crunchy granola people who are into um, a certain lifestyle. They've been the community of health, okay, over here. And they typically try to be cool, be kind to the world, right, do their thing. And that's been the health world, right? Over here, you've had your uh, hardcore people who you may call militant and aggressive or into protecting for, uh, freedom, for the first at 1A or 2A, Second Amendment. And that's a different type of people. And then the, the, let's call those the freedom lovers. You're the health lovers. And then you have the people who are the truth lovers or the innovators. People are the nerds, right? The scientists. Now, these three worlds have always been kept separated yeah. by the media, right? So you have the, the crazy, the mad scientists, right? Or the quote unquote, the redneck, right? Or the health yeah. guru, right? Or the health nut over here. But, yeah. and, 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 this, and these tattered movements are what the establishment wants. But when you take a systems approach, this is what comes. This is what, you can use this as a lens of an understanding solution. Number one, we need to understand first that freedom, what is freedom? The ability to move things, transport, which is, goes back to the fun, which is Vatha. So you need freedom. And, and so when we built our campaign of mass truth, freedom and health, it's not a political campaign. It is an engineering scientific campaign. Those words are based on universal laws. So you need freedom. Now, why do you need freedom? Well, without freedom, you cannot practice a scientific method which means discourse, debate, me disagreeing with you. Well, I, you say the earth goes around the sun. I say the sun goes around the earth. Well, I have data and you go back and forth, back and forth. That's called the scientific method. You do experiments, you gather data. It doesn't matter how good looking you are, what family you come from. If you make a hypothesis and the results show it's not right, you're just wrong. So you, but you have to have this debate. You, and that comes through exchange of information, movement, right? Freedom, transport, Vatha. With that, we can now practice a scientific method and then we get to something even more powerful. We get to use the scientific method to take what you thought may be how the world works to find truth. That's a conversion process, the pitta process, truth. And once you find truth, you can now say, oh, you know what the real problem here is? We need to lower pollution, right? The Earth's temperature, frankly, the Earth knows how to modulate stuff. It's a resilient system. And it's been doing that for billions of years. So you look at, you, you're able to see, okay, if we really can have freedom and we don't have censorship, we can do real science, we'll find out when you put that mask, right, around your mouth, and we've just done three years of research on this with the Forsyth Institute at Harvard, that you, the molecular pathways that get turned on, there are 700 microbes in your mouth. When you put this mask on, particularly for young kids, you're raising the temperature in this very important area, and you're lowering the pH, which increases acidity. So forget the left-right issue, forget pro-mask, anti-mask, but you've just changed the microenvironment in this area. And that is going to allow three important microbes to grow, which lead to periodontal disease, which leads to tooth decay, et cetera. And 
Then you took a systems perspective. The oral health is related to brain health, is related to gut health, cardiovascular health, everything. So you think just yeah. doing this, this little solution versus going back and saying, wait a minute, the body is a very complex system. We need to improve immunity. We need to boost immunity. Human beings have evolved as a resilient system also. So truth helps you, guides you to identify the real problem in the situation, not the fake problem. And with the real problem, you can say, oh, I, I got to boost my immunity. That's how I get to help. Health, physical health, I also have to increase the infrastructure, right? I should create a better infrastructure, right? So because when you have better infrastructure, better schools, better systems, kids get educated. The civil rights movement never did that. The Kennedys never did that. They never built infrastructure. They found a guy called Martin Luther King, plopped him in, made sure he, they used him to mislead the movement, never to address the issue of infrastructure in inner cities. Same in India. Gandhi yeah. was parachuted in. He never addressed the issue of the caste system, never addressed the issue of British colonialism. He was brought in to transfer power from yeah. you know, white men with hats. Yeah, to yeah. So, so, that, so what I'm saying, the real problem we now have if you apply this framework, because we have a violation of freedom going on, massive censorship by yeah. not big tech, by the government. This big, see, yeah. you have to be very careful. In, in, our, in Massachusetts, when I ran for office, you know, we had 10,000 volunteers, 20,000, uh, I mean, sorry, 3,000 volunteers, 10,000 lawn signs, 20,000 bumper stickers. We raised bottoms up close to $2 million. We were everywhere. We know we won that Republican primary. As a Republican, our biggest enemy was a Republican party. They didn't want an outsider. So what we discovered was that the voting machines have the ability to multiply votes. This is a real issue. Trump ain't addressing it, neither are the Democrats, because they're both part of it. Trump did a little shindig talking about election fraud, but he never addressed the problem, and he made 300 million doing that. That's what he raised. We in Massachusetts went after the real issue. We found out that when you process electronic ballots, they destroy the ballot images. So when you do a hand-counted ballot, some of the counties do that. In fact, the county that we won in was all hand-counted ballots predominantly. Every other county was electronic ballots where the paper's converted to an image. The image is um, you know, using AI done by the computer with has computer algorithms. So what did we discover? We discovered that the ballot images, they destroyed, which is the evidence showing that the algorithm could have been in place because the voting machines have a capability, which is, by the way, in page 2-126 of the Debo voting manual, which clearly states that if you get a 1,000 votes, I get a 1,000 votes, they can multiply your votes by 2.2, multiply my votes by 0.5, you get 2,200, I get 500. This is a feature, Robert, right? Yeah. So it took a mathematician, it took a guy who came from the working class neighborhoods of New Jersey to figure this out and talk about it as a Senate candidate. So we filed a lawsuit. And uh, I'm sorry, the first thing we did is we exposed that the government was deleting ballot images. What happened? Did Twitter shut me down when I did this? No. The government of Massachusetts, when I exposed these four emails, the Secretary of State admitting that they delete ballot images and they'll do what they want. They're violating federal law. When I put those up on Twitter, I've never been turned off Twitter for since you know nine years, 10 years. But the instant I put that up, the government contacted Twitter. This is what you need to understand. The government of Massachusetts yes. contacted Twitter to throw off a U.S. Senate federal candidate for three weeks. I didn't sit by. I went into court on that central issue. No lawyer wanted to take it on. I had yeah. to do it myself in federal court. Guess what? The judge 
heard the case, big victory. Every one of Trump's cases were thrown out. Second, he gave us a victory. He acknowledged that they had contacted Twitter. The came out in testimony. And then wow. he also has recently ordered that Twitter be involved. So we have violation of freedom. I've experienced it in many, many ways, you know? So we have right now, we have the violation of freedom. So without freedom, we can't practice science. And having gone to the number one science technology institute in the world, today, the unfortunate thing is most of the people in science and technology practice the oldest profession, okay? They're prostitutes to the where the grants come from. So yeah, exactly. you have mediocre people now who shut their mouths up. So we're moving away from the scientific method with the suppression of freedom to scientific consensus. Everyone says, yes, everyone should wear masks because Fauci's saying it. Now you notice no professor, no a biological scientist anywhere in this country in the world has said anything against it because they need funding from Fauci and the NIH. Yep. So this occurred in, in the 1970s with the Mansfield Amendment. So we have the loss of truth. And then because with the loss of truth, people don't know what's right for them anymore. Well, yep. is wearing a mask all the for disaster. Exactly. You have a cocktail for disaster. So you have the violation of health. And with the violation of health, you have people who are not healthy, and which means they don't have the strength, the physical strength, the mental strength, the common sense to fight for freedom. Yeah. So that's the cycle. So what I just taught you in this very simple way is what we are now training people on. I mean, go deeper into it. From We have to train the real solution out of this is we have the violation of freedom, the violation of science, and we have the violation of health. The only way out of this is to raise the sword of truth, freedom, and health, and people need to get educated. The reason people follow fools like Robert Kennedy, who talks a good game as though he's against vaccines, a lot of liberals, a lot of very wealthy women say, oh, Robert Kennedy, he fights against vaccines. Uh-uh. Yeah. He's the Maya. He's the illusion. Okay? Exactly. It's layers, you know, I see layers to this because as time, you know, increases, I guess, as we get forward, even something like that, um, you know, might seem like a good front to get the people in. However, like you're saying, it's still a part of that Maya, still a part of that illusion. You know, I think of, uh, you know, Pepsi, Cola and things like um, that are owning, for example, you know, Suja, the juice company, right? They're not stupid, right? They're, they see where the money is going. They know people are going towards organic and juicing and getting healthy and stuff. So they're, of course, going to create a juicing company and have, you know, something that's quote unquote healthy on the shelf, even though it's not really healthy, right? Because it's still made by Pepsi and blah, blah, blah. So it's always that mass. Uh, you know, that they're well, going to front in order to get their, you know, mission out there and get it accomplished. Well, it's interesting. You know, in some ways, pure market capitalism, if it's pure, right, open market, you know, may actually be much more viable towards getting to truth. But the point is, even the elites don't even practice what they preach. What they've done is they have, exactly. they have monopoly capitalism. They have crony capitalism. Yeah. So it's all an insider's game. So the the left and the right on uh, the elites talk the same thing so you can the so, so one is i hope i'm clear to answer your question truth freedom and health are being violated at a very deep level the other thing that's no, I agree. the other thing that's happening and this is the opportunity look i never voted in my life when trump ran i said wow okay the only reason i decided to vote for him he was attacking both parties at least it appeared that way and then after he got into office you notice nothing was ever said about hillary even though the whole campaign was lock her up right it, you, you had the Q guys come in, create this illusion, trust the plan. Trump is some fifth dimensional being and he can think in ninth dimension. And what happened was 
The working class in this country just waited and waited and waited and nothing happened. In fact, what happened was greater subjugation and greater enslavement of working people. 600 billionaires within six months doubled their income, doubled their wealth. Everyday working people's restaurants were shut down. And this was all under Trump. Look, I gave money to Trump, I support him, but you have to look at the actual results. His son-in-law and his daughter, which should never have been in the White House. This is like birth lottery. What the hell are you doing there? They should never have been there. They were fr- very close friends with the Clintons. You know, after Trump got in, Hillary, I mean, uh, uh, Chelsea and Ivanka met, nothing happened. What we did get is we're on, on the road to forced vaccinations. We're on the road to the violation of freedom. We're already there. We're already in fascism. Already there. Already, we're already there. there. Yeah. Trump was the white guy that was needed to keep the white working class quiet, placate them. Because if Hillary had been in power yeah. with all the stuff that went on, there would have been an uprising here. But Trump and that phenomenon was kept kept to keep people in a very powerful way placated. Now, the way I look at, the one way to look at the problem, which will lead to the solution is if you think about the eagle, right? With its head, its shoulders, and its wings, right? The head of the eagle is the establishment. They're one. But they have two shoulders, Republican and Democrat, close to the head. You know, over here's Mitch McConnell, over here's the Romneys, and you can go down the list, right? But over here on on the left, you have the Hillary Clintons, the Bidens, the Obamas. These are the avert establishment. Everyone says, oh, yeah, those guys are evil on the left or the right. But this is where the conundrum comes in. This is a Maya. The wings of that eagle flap, and they're used to bring people connected to the establishment. So on the left, they have people like Bernie Sanders and AOC. These people aren't revolutionaries. What they are, are they'll bark, they'll talk all this stuff against the establishment. In fact, they'll talk stuff against the shoulder of that establishment, the DNC. Bernie does that, Jesse Jackson does that, Al Sharpton does that, AOC does that. Why do they do that? Because they need to wave in through their flapping, the young people, right, working people back into the establishment. And what do they do with such recurring consistency? At the end of the day, you saw this in 1984, Jesse Jackson was building his own flapping, this rainbow movement, calling out these people. At the end of the day, he bowed down to Walter Mondale. He said, the lesser of two evils. Bernie, scumbag Bernie. And a lot of my very good friends who are very honest people, oh my God, Bernie's a revolutionary. I said, he will give all your votes to Hillary on the Democratic Convention because he's the not so obvious establishment. No, 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 Shiva, you're a a a-hole. You think you're critical of... You know, everything, da, 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 da. Well, that's what Bernie did. It's science because a not so obvious establishment is like physics or gravity. So what did Bernie do? He brought them all in. He bowed down. He did it again for Biden. Even Tulsi Gabbard, where you are, you know, Hawaii is one of the most corrupt, number one rated, most corrupt states, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, I know. Yeah, I know. Tulsi Gabbard talks all this stuff. You know, against the, you know, her shtick is a military industrial complex, but at the end of the day, she endorsed Biden, right? And then she'll say, well, I'm a Democrat. No, you're not. You're a human being. You just talked all this stuff, which appeared like you were a principled person, and you also were on the Council of Foreign Relations. All right. Yes, you may be a Hindu and you may do namaste. That's all pretty good. Okay. Doesn't leave out the fact at the end of the day, you endorsed Joe Biden who's the shoulder, he is the wing of the establishment. Now, the same thing is occurring right now on the right. You have the Mitch McConnells, you have the Romneys, right? Trump spoke a good game 
every one of his lawsuits were thrown out. I looked at, I mean, I helped, uh, you know, Lynn Wood, you know, Sydney with their, with the affidavits. We in Massachusetts, starting in September to November, we were going after the real crime scene. And when Michigan came, I had done all the math. If you remember, I did the analysis on Michigan and um, Arizona went viral. Then the White House called me Mark Meadows. Then I got a call from the RNC. And then Eric Trump called me. Why were they calling me? I said, wow, are they going to do anything? They never delivered us any data to help them. I was going after the real crime scene, the real problem, which is those voting machines. They were just talking about mail-in ballots. Like the Democrats have been talking about voter suppression for 20 years. It's a way to keep the masses entertained. And, and Trump raised 300 million. He conceded. All of his lawsuits have failed. And why is it me in federal court? I have no legal experience. Why are my two lawsuits succeeding so far? So Trump is now the Bernie of the right. That's a critical analysis. He's that's talking. Good, that's a really good way to look at, it, especially with the ego analogy, because people have to see that it's all connected. And I like how um, the language that you're using, because it's really important. Because of what we said earlier with the reductionist, right? I think those are your two options, and that's the justification, right? But at the end of the day, you're still caught in that web of duality, which isn't going to get us anywhere as a whole, as a civilization. So that's the the big change that needs to happen from within. And having that education is the biggest component, because that was going to bring you know the empowerment for the individual to really have the confidence to go that direction that they want to go instead of being caught in that web of duality you know yeah. now the way that i look at it you know there's even more uh, you know things that the government the matrix you know, has to create you know in order to get that web you know stronger and bigger to bring more people in right and this age you know that we're living in it's getting harder and harder to do that right to really seep and get past that web and get beyond it unless you're fully you know healthy and able as a human body to get past that which you know to be honest most of the population isn't right because of all of these spokes on the wheel here that are connected with you know the meat industry dairy industry there's a reason why you know mcdonald's is open during this you know pandemic and everything else is shut down well, right so to me, yeah, all of this is connected it's connected and, and, and uh, the important thing is, Robert, for people to understand. So there's a, you'll, you'll go on the internet and you'll find out, you know, you'll read people talking about conspiracy theory, this and that, and da, 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 right? Okay, fine. But they do not give people something to hang on to in a very yeah. material way and what to do. That is what engineers do. So I don't know if you can share on your screen there if you want to do this now or later, but that is an engineering systems approach. You know, when I was 14, I got to work as a full-time research fellow in a medical school. I, I worked my butt off, was reasonably smart, and I was given this opportunity to solve a problem. And the problem was, why were babies dying in their sleep, okay? Which was called sudden infant death syndrome. So I applied my mathematical techniques. I was getting a full-time job while in high school. Used to travel 30 miles. Most parents are afraid to send their kids down the road right now. Right. And work in Newark, which was no one went into Newark. And that's where Rutgers Medical School was located. And I figured out a way to analyze sleep patterns of babies and figure out, you know, and I wrote papers before I came to MIT. Didn't have to go to MIT for this. That was done in, a, in an infrastructure of a loving family, a mentor and public school teachers in the 70s who cared. Then I was given another problem. And this was a real problem. These secretaries used this thing called the inner office mail system. You know, here were these poor secretaries, always women, very sexist environment, right? Women were always the secretaries and they would have to type these memos out on a piece of paper to, from subject, they'd make carbon copies. If I was writing you a letter to hire someone else, I'd have to send you a carbon copy to someone else. And then you would attach an attachment. 
you'd put it in an envelope and you'd put it in these pneumatic tubes. It was a complex system. And if they had to do four CCs or 10 CCs, the secretary would be there all night, retyping, 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 okay? You didn't have Xerox machines that were expensive in those days. So I was asked to convert that system. The problem was not simply exchanging text messages, that entire system. And I named that, wrote 50,000 lines of code, named that system email and got the first US copyright. So why am I telling this? The reason I'm telling this is I solved a problem in an environment of a civilian problem. That's you beautiful. know, 30 year, 33 years later, it went into the Smithsonian, which should have been um, uh, when my mom died, she had saved everything. And Time Magazine wrote an article called The Man Who Invented Email. Now, instead of celebrating that, the liberal elites called me all sorts of horrible names. And by the way, don't give any money to Wikipedia. The facts are so obvious a 14-year-old kid invented email, right? These same liberal elites who claim they stand for Black Lives Matter don't like it because it was done before I came to their liberal institutions. It was done in Newark, Newark, New Jersey. And it proves the central point that innovation can occur anytime, anyplace by anybody. And what is innovation? Innovation is the spark of the divine. Each one of us has that spark for creativity and innovation. You don't have to freaking go to MIT. Well, I did go to MIT, you know, was on the front page of MIT for inventing many things. But the day in on February 16th, 2012, when my materials went into the Smithsonian, saying, wait a minute, email was done before MIT, it sparked a shit show. Because it goes at the heart of the establishment. This is the problem, they're creating no different than the caste system that we had when I left India, which means these people are smart, everyone else is stupid, and we will tell you what to do. And that's why the invention of email is a very important story and it should be defended and celebrated because the invention of email did not occur by the military industrial complex trying to solve a military problem. It occurred from a 14 year old kid trying to solve a civilian problem to help these secretaries who people thought were not even capable of using the computer. That's what was going on. Great so, example. Yeah. Great example. So, 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 that, yeah, it's translatable to, to any, any problem that we have right now, especially what's, what's going on. So I just want to touch um, a little bit on the, on the, the duality part, because this is the biggest problem that people have, right? How to get out of that duality, how to get away from that control, you know, from the matrix, from the government and breaking free of that themselves and not being a part of the left or right or pro-vax or anti-vax and whether they want to take the vaccine or not, whether they do this or not, how can they have that, you know, empowerment for themselves to really get the solutions, right? Instead of being caught in that web of misinformation, you know, at the end of the day, I think people really just want choices, right? And that's something that falls in line with the freedom as far as the systems that you're talking about. And that's the, the, you know, the biggest component that's missing that they don't have. Therefore, they're just being, you know, shoved in this one direction and that's it. So as long as we can provide the education that they have choices, therefore they can hopefully go a different path. But right now, the way that I see it, you know, the word mandatory is popping up and people get in this fear-based, you know, mentality very quickly. And that's where the control comes in. That's where things, you know, the shields go down and people start going into the corral like sheep, right? So how can they get out of that and become the shepherd, you know? Yeah, well, look, I, I can say with uh, all humility and uh, the utmost emphasis that, you know, uh, I was doing an interview with a guy and he said, Shiva, you invented email, you did Cytosol, but your greatest legacy will be the platform you've created for truth, freedom, and health. The only way forward, and I say this emphatically, it's like, you know, think about a teacher <laughs> telling you, if you want to do a good uh, paper, right, you have to understand expository writing. If you want a good... And that's what I'm going to tell everyone listening very carefully is that 
Nothing, you're never going to be able to solve a problem or find the real solution without systems approach. So what the only way forward is the movement that we started creating in Massachusetts, the Senate campaign has transformed now to the movement for truth, freedom, and health. That movement is recognizing that we have this problem where people are uneducated. They're uneducated in political theory and history, everything. So they get easily caught by the wings of the establishment, the Bernies, the Kennedys, right? Who manipulate yeah. them. The only way out of it is number one, you have to learn the foundations of systems, which we put together as a course, accessible to everyone. You know, I used to, when I said, you don't have to go to MIT, I used to teach it all over the world, number one. Number two, once you learn that, your political consciousness is gonna go from here to the stratosphere, and you may feel alone. So number two, you need a community. Well, the community obviously can't be on most of the social media. So, you know, 20 years ago, I created the biggest data center for electronic communication for the largest Fortune 1000 companies. I own that data center. So I've donated that to the cause and we're using that data center where we've built our own tools. We don't have to, I don't wanna go compete with Facebook or Twitter, but for those people are the, those who are committed to moving down this path from unconscious incompetence to conscious incompetence, right? And to conscious competence, they learn this and then they get community, which we have on our own infrastructure. And then third, what they can do is they need to, it's fine to learn knowledge, it's fine now you're socializing with people, being social, social media, but you need to act. And that action must be on the ground, physical. The future is offline. So for that, we've created tools. So if you take the issue of masks, well, we wanna go back to science. So there's a deep paper that we've written, a scientific paper, which is about to be published on showing at molecular systems level what masks do to your mouth. But then we distilled that easier to a little business card. You can go print that card out and educate your local coffee house person who's wearing the mask or your local parent. And it drives them back to the scientific education. And then we're also building the legal framework on what you can do. Let's take something like election integrity. Forget Trump. He's not going to do anything. He's going to run the WWF wrestling and he's going to garner money. What can you do? Simple. You go to the uh, VA Shiva. We have a card there and it teaches you on the local ground. This is what everyone can do in their own local town, wherever you are in Honolulu, et cetera. You go to the local town hall and you can do it via email. So if you don't want to go there physically, you ask them for two pieces of information and everyone should be doing, we're going to unleash that shortly, Robert, that movement. Um, That's great. Uh, and it's, yeah. it's the one person, one vote movement. It's not just clean elections. It's clean elections, one person, one vote. That's the heart of the voting machine. So we want citizens to have this experience of writing to their town clerk and asking them for two pieces of data from the 2020 election. One is called a participating voters list. Let's call that the number P of all the people that actually voted in that election in your local town, P. Then you look at the actual votes. Well, P should equal V, right? Basic math. Well, everywhere we went, P doesn't equal V. It should. More votes than voters, right? <laughs> so this is something people can do. Then they can send that data to us if they can't don't don't want to tabulate it and then if they have problems getting that data now they're going to see the corruption in their local towns we, we're providing them legal tools that they can file back at the local level we want across the united states if you just take that issue imagine having fifty thousand truth freedom and health warriors learning how to educate people look 30 percent of people are never going to ever listen to you okay no matter what you tell them the 20 percent are in already on your side it's a 50% that we need to bring over with compassion, but with education. 
And, and in order to do that, the individual needs to get the political theory. It's like you're learning, you're learning physics. Yeah. Here you're learning the physics of pretty much the, the, the most important physics, system science. So this is the only way forward. Look, I've been a student of politics, a student of uh, science, engineering, et cetera. And there's a video that, I don't know if you want to play now, Robert, but it's on vashiva.com slash join. It's a great video. It really yeah. talks about this. And, yeah. and it teaches people that if you are serious about changing the world, you have to A, stop whining. B, you have to understand knowledge is actually power. My great grandfather who worked his butt off was an indentured servant. You know, he would channel the gods. You know, when he died, he went to Mahasamadhi and he wasn't some guru, okay? Meaning he didn't go to an ashram and do that. He was a hardworking laborer. But when he went to die, he called everyone together and he said, I'm leaving now. He said, I've left. There's no debt. This is the money, wherever it was. And he went into, and then, and then he left his body. But he was very frugal. He had very little. But when it came to education, if a local village boy needed, he would do whatever he could to help that guy. So if people do not understand the power of education, then nothing will change. And that power of education is what you're going to get from a low caste Indian kid who came to American working class neighborhoods, who had the fortune of getting four MIT degrees and has never forgotten where he came from. That is the weapon that we have. And without that weapon being utilized, you will always be following fools like Robert Kennedy on the left or fools like Bernie Sanders or con men like Trump, left and right, all right? And we will yeah. never have liberation. Then we get the Maya we deserve. We get the fascism, the censorship we deserve. The only way out is a bottoms up movement because the universe is decentralized. The universe is everywhere. Right. Every every particle of matter has the divine in it. And so that's where we have to focus on. If you're giving away your power. Oh, what's going What's Trump going to do now? What's Biden going to do now? Well, it's very freaking foolish. You're going to when you ask the wrong questions, you're going to get garbage answers and you're going to live in hell. The only way forward is what I've you know, been fortunately been able to create. This is what life has brought me to those four MIT degrees fighting wherever I went you know, the understanding of systems, the integrating of Eastern and Western medicine. So, you know, to answer the question I put up there, what is a healer? Well, in the traditional, when you look at my journey across East and West, what is a healer? Well, in the traditional uh, definition, by the way, the, the Siddhas of South India was probably the most ancient tradition across all of India, probably in the world. The Siddhas were the enlightened teachers who had five branches of what they taught martial arts, the integration of, uh, you know, the use of heavy metals, the herbal arts, uh, yoga, and meditation. By the way, meditation was taught to people at the end of a process. There are a lot of people who go study yoga and meditation. You know what? If you had a real guru, first he made you work. First he taught you discipline. Then he taught you how to balance a checkbook. Then in one minute you were taught yoga and meditation. A lot of the people who are into the new age movement go learn yoga and meditation, but they didn't learn any of the other stuff. They didn't learn hard work. They didn't learn discipline. They didn't learn any schedule. None of that. Yoga was the end of a process, but that's what the Siddhas were. Siddha meant enlightened ones. So that's a tradition that is the most ancient tradition. And in that tradition, a Vaidyar, V-A-Y-D-Y-A-R, is what they call a healer. But you know what the definition of Vaidyar is? A Vaidyar has two meanings. It's one who's a warrior and a healer. So a warrior goes to fight death, 
A healer goes to fight death. And what's happened in this culture is we said, oh, if you're a warrior, the new age people do this. You know, man, mellow out. Why are you getting all upset? That's not what a yogi is. And a yogi has the warrior's mind and the warrior proclivity, and the yogi is a healer. That is a true tradition of a yogi. So I see a lot of these yoga people today, they wear their yoga pants and they go meditate and they go to ashrams, da 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 but they do not understand the essence of what yoga truly was. It was supposed, karma yoga is you're supposed to live in this world fully. You're supposed to participate in it. And you're supposed to be an agent of change. You're supposed to be a vehicle for the light. And so, so you have two choices in the world. You know, Voltaire talked about it. You can go create your own little garden, live over here. You know, pollution drops out of the sky. Can't avoid it. Fukushima is over here. It's going to come over to you. So we have no choice anymore to live in our little hovels anymore because the problems of the world are so fully intertwined. The only way forward is to become warriors. And the warrior is also the healer. If you go look at the Christian tradition, the archangel Michael, he's the one who chases the, the devils out of heaven and he has a peacock feather. He's also the healing God. In the Indian, most ancient Hindu tradition, the Lord Murugan, who's Shiva's son, also is the medicine God. And he's a war god. And he also rides the peacock feathers. It's quite fascinating, these archetypes. So this is what a healer truly is. And, and healers don't come in the way you want them to do. They may be very aggressive. They may tell the truth the way you may not like to hear it with such like a razor sharp edge to slice things up. And that bothers some people. So, and, you know, I noticed, you know, people expect people to talk in diplomatic ways Robert right you know they want them to be a certain way and the truth is that the devil that evil is not so kind and the people who talk with such diplomacy all the time watch out for them and the people who are who speak their mind you know directly you should probably look at them again but that's what we live in we live in a world where truth gets defined as lies lies become truth the people are actually trying to get the word out right they get demonized by the demons. So that's why without this education, which has taken me 50 years to build, without the platform, which came from all the engineering education, people are gonna be lost. And this is your movement, it's not mine. I'm merely a catalyst, which got opportunity to get educated. So that's the only way forward. We must take a systems approach. And, yeah, perfect. Yeah, and, perfect. You're, and I think the people that you interconnect with, I think the people that you invite into you particularly, Robert, I think there's a huge opportunity for the people who are in the health movement, right? To I agree. build, yeah, I agree, to take it to for those answers and, yeah. and how, to, how to make that next step forward. You know, that's really what it is. I think people get caught in the conspiracy theories, they get caught in the problems, they get caught in that as a web and getting caught in that duality without going, without, excuse me, without going towards the actual solution and creating that change for yourself. So I'm just curious, one last question as far as the, you know, this is amazing as far as you merging the East and the West. And I love the definition of a healer. It couldn't have hit it spot on even more because that warrior essence is what is being needed right now the most. I think there is a lot of healers and empaths and people that are light workers and things that are wonderful out there. However, if you're not doing that action, that karma in this physical world, then what is that, you know, valuing at all, right? You're just getting caught. Well, we're, we're, in the, we're in the yeah. physical world. There's a reason that you're here. 
You know, a lot of spiritual people say, well, I want to escape to the other worlds. Well, you're sort of missing that you're physically here. You know, exactly. Buddha wouldn't answer certain questions. People say, oh, is the world an illusion? Where is God? He said, look, I'm not going to answer some of these questions because they're in some ways irrelevant. You are physically here, here and now. The issue is what do you do now? And the only way forward you fight is only one word. You must fight. It's the only way forward. You must be a warrior because if you do not fight, you're going to be screwed. And that's where we are right now because the forces of the establishment do not want you to fight. They will give the illusions they're going to fight for you. It's not going to happen. No, it's not going to happen. And that's, and that's the thing is fight, you know, fighting can come from that place of love and coming from that place of compassion and, and unity, right? It doesn't have to be this, uh, you know, uh, aggressive or violent or fear-based thing that I think people get caught well, in. Well, well, you know, these are very interesting words to use. Um, there's a difference between fear and aggression, right? Uh, when a, when a, you know, a, a, a lion, lioness or someone's coming after a cub, she shows incredible aggression, okay? Um, it's not a bad thing. You know, Christ took the whip and he whipped those guys out of the the uh, the, the bankers. You know, so we have to be a little bit clear on you know Shiva. You know, got, you know has a ferocity to him also, right? So ferociousness. You know, everything in nature protects out of a real righteous anger. So we have to be making sure we keep balance on this. You know, you you know I've met some of the most incredible beings in the spiritual worlds, right? Um, these people aren't like namby pamby people, okay? Um, people have this, you know, a lot of the people study many of the Eastern tr traditions from the West think, oh, it means you sit there and you just chill out and everything's peaceful. No, it's not how it is, you know? If anything, the warrior monk, okay? Navy SEALs who I've met are much more spiritual than 99% of the yoga people I've met, okay? They have a ferociousness, they have a, a, uh, a sense of existence they're grounded so you need that training and so a lot of the new age people have an opportunity here to learn some of the freedom and the truth aspects and the people who are into the 1a and second amendment movement who you may call quote unquote aggressive have an opportunity um, to um, learn about innovation and science and also to look at the health issues right because without your personal health your second amendment doesn't mean anything. You can't fire a gun if you're, if you're arthritis, you know? So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. No, it's true. And it, I mean, the biggest takeaway that I get, you know, is coming back from balance, you know, and um, I just want to ask you personally. So after, after, you know, the story with your grandma are incredible, the shamanism, the plant medicine, this, this world that is, you know, mystic and behind uh, materialism that is powering and paving the way. And then we have this, you know, Western modern material approach and, you know, from your perspective, from the work that you've seen and the healers that you've been with and the, the gurus and saints and everything that you've been in contact with, what would you say is the is the value here? You know, should people, you know, read the, those books and drop everything and go meditate in some cave in the Himalayas or should they, you know, go practice their, you know, science and head in their direction that is more in a material or scientific approach, you know, as far well, as Well, this is, this is what everyone should do. You know, Jay Forrester, who was a professor at MIT, he was 93 years old when I saw him. He's one of the fathers of system science. He was trying to get MIT to make sure every student learned system science. They didn't want to listen, you know? He wanted to teach at the kindergarten level. The yeah. first thing I would tell everyone to go sign up for the Truth, Freedom, and Health Warrior course. I'm not saying that for me. I'm saying that because without the foundations of systems, you will not have a framework to understand anything anymore because the world has become so complex. John Kennedy gave a talk 
1962 to the National Academy of Sciences, 2,500 scientists. Very interesting talk. It's, it's not something everyone knows about. I, I found it um, on YouTube about a couple of years ago. And in that talk, this is what he says. He goes, we have a conundrum with democracy. He says, basically what he was saying is millions of people, hundreds of millions of people elect me. And then I'm supposed to make decisions. But then my decisions are not based on the people. I come to you guys called scientists. And I say, hey, um, should I do vaccination? Well, that's what they did, the 1962 Vaccination Act. He signed that. Oh, should I go to? The so he's asking out of the hundreds of millions of people, he's asking about 100 people, maybe five university professors, what to do about any political issues. And he's saying, because the world's problem, problems, this is in 62, have become so complex, we have to outsource that understanding to some scientists. Think about that power the guys in academia have. Without the science of systems, which teaches you control systems theory, that's why, you know, it took me, you have to take probably, you know, a ton of courses at MIT. But the problem is that most people can't get into MIT. Most people don't have the time. So I've distilled that in one hour, I can teach people. But it is the science of systems that is going to be the savior to the world, period. Because without that science, look, there's a lot of people who do Ayurveda. Yeah. I know Ayurveda has been done for 400 years. You go to ask Maharishi or Deepak, what is Vata Pitta Kaffee? Can it really explain it? Well, I was able to explain it because it was directly related to engineering systems theory. It took me 40 years to figure this out. So you have the East over here doing its thing. You have the West over here. And, you know, when I used to teach this course at MIT, literally, I think I may mention this. We had on one side of the room, Harvard MD, PhDs, engineers, hardcore people. On the other side of the room were tie-dye people. And they would all look at each other. And in one hour, they were able to see that they were both not listening or didn't understand because they didn't have the structural framework. That's where we have to start. Number one, start there. Number two, what I would tell people to do is always do something physical in the world. Do something that's interconnected to the laws of the universe. Be an electrician, be a plumber, be a landscaper, be an engineer. The more, you know, be a farmer. The more you remove away from natural laws, you can, you can bullshit yourself all day long. This is why the hope that we have is working people. Working people get this right away. People say, oh yeah, I, I see what she was saying. You know, a lot of people are attached to Trump. They did it because people were so starved for anyone to actually fight for them. So they would take anything. But once people say, wow, wait a minute, it's not, it's beyond left and right. This now starts to shift people and working people get this. The educated elites do not get this because they don't really work. They don't make anything, you know? And so I would say those are the two things. And then go do meditation and yoga, okay? First start with an understanding of how the universe works, you know, takes system science. And that's the real gift that I have put together as a public service. Number two, do something that's connected to making something where you can never bullshit yourself. You know, you know, you said you do farming, right? If people make something, those people who move money around, these people are they're completely divorced. Stockbrokers, what the hell are they doing? Or a lawyer who writes contracts all day, right? They're basically working in the abstract. Socrates never liked the written word. I don't know if you know that because you knew you could use it to manipulate people. So we have to get back to reality. I love engineering versus science. Engineers can't bullshit, scientists can. So it's about getting to reality. And the yoga forms were also are also disintegrated now. And so if you wanna learn real yoga, you gotta go back to system science. You have one person teaching Kundalini yoga, another people taking 
Surashabda yoga, which is sound and light. Another person speaking, teaching bhakti yoga, open up your heart. Another person speaking hatha yoga, and they all become gurus. They wear their vibhudis, and they, and they want you to sleep with them, and then you get advancement, right? That's the world of yoga. No different than the cat, what the Catholic Church is about, right? Unfortunately, nothing against Catholic. I went to Catholic school. But yeah, I'm saying this. Yeah, yeah. So I, I think that's yeah. the opportunity for people yeah, to well understand done. a foundation without a engineering systems foundation that has come out of integrating Eastern and West, you're always going to be lost. Yeah, no, I agree. It's, it's that component that's going to drive them to actual truth within themselves instead of searching from the outside. And it's a great way to, to put it too, because I think like I said, people fall for that trap of mysticism, getting caught in these ideas that are getting lost on the internet and going down the rabbit hole with all this. And when reality, just doing that simple work, like I know more, you know, resilient farmers and educated people that are really smart and that have no idea what these high tech elite things are going on, but it's more practical things. When you study those natural laws of what is real, and then you get away from these man-made laws, and then you can really govern your way and navigate towards your own truth and empower yourself and actually get to those results, you know, faster than being caught in that web of just illusion. Yeah, you know, I have very two dogs here, right? They're Native American Indian dogs. You know, they have a lot of wolf in them. They're very interesting. They're, you know, you know, we don't own animals. We should think about it this way. When we have a uh, a pet that we happen to get or a dog or a cat, we should invite them almost like they're, they're, they're probably the closest thing we can get to aliens to really understand another being. So it's a very uh, important opportunity to understand that we should always be connected to the physical earth somehow. Without that connection... It, it, it's very, very easy to get lost. Um, you know, you, you don't think about what, what food you put into your mouth. You don't think about what, what crap comes out of you, right? Or what you put out. So, and it's not just that environmental thing. It's much more deeper than that. So that's why, you know, I, I know you and I've talked, I invite everyone to become a warrior in a real sense, not just, oh, I'm a warrior. No, I'm talking about a, a real warrior. And the intention that I have is to get 50,000 people trained like Jedi Knights. You don't need more than that because we're people, we want people to learn the nuclear physics. I know, um, I, I know you'll talk about it, but uh, to your audience, uh, we want to give scholarships to people. Uh, people come through your uh, frame to do this because we want to invite as many diverse groups of people, um, Trumpers, non-Trumpers, right? People are into health. There's a whole segment of people who this is the right time for people to get yes. actually uh, have the framework to figure out truth. Yeah, people are ready. People are ready for those solutions like that, and getting caught in the way. I think people see where that is headed, and as we get more censored, and as we get into this toxic place, that the internet is not the internet anymore, and the news is not the news, and people are, you know, always going to demand that authentic message and be searching for that truth and be searching for that intimacy as we, you know, are social distance and can't even see each other's faces and things like that. This, you know, is heading down that dark alley that everybody can feel, right? And then, like I said, as we're going down that dark alley, people are always going to be searching for the light even even more. Now. Right. So, um, yeah, I just want to thank you for creating this, you know. System sure, yeah. yeah. So, go. By, by the way, the people should go to vashiva.com slash warrior um, or vashiva.com slash join. So when yeah. you do your full production, uh, uh, Robert, yeah, yeah, all see of that will be in the, in yeah. the description. So, so I'm just letting people know, you know, we still have about uh, – uh, Got 400 people here on the live here. Um, to yeah, everyone, what Robert and I are talking about is, um, it's been a, I hope, Robert, your questions have been great, but the path forward is taking a deep understanding of how the universe works, and there is a science of everything. It's called system science. So I invite everyone, if you're serious about this, 
take advantage of this. Go to vashiva.com slash join or vashiva.com slash warrior. It's your infrastructure. And whatever you want to uh, contribute, people have asked Dr. Shiva, we want to help you. Well, I never felt right taking something for nothing. So when people contribute, they can contribute what they want, or they can simply just become a member that we, we've created a forum. We've created a bunch of videos that you know are compelling videos that are protected here. But more importantly, those people want to learn. Now, there's a book up there called System and Revolution. There's a scientific definition of revolution you'll learn. And there's a tool, Robert, that will teach people how the same systems principles can be applied to their body. So they get a tool called Your Body, Your System. It took me 20 years to develop, so they don't have to fly all, all the way to India to try to connect with my grandmother. They can find these systems principles. They can figure out what are the right foods, what are the right uh, supplements, what are the right yoga exercises for their unique body based on where they are today, and that may change. And then those people want to become part of the warrior group. We've created, we want, and we have people all over the world, but the most important thing is our warrior group is meant for those people every Monday nights. I offer a three-hour course. They can go online and learn it. But we want them to interconnect. But most importantly, we want people to take local action. It's not about just learning from Dr. Shiva. Oh, isn't this nice? No, we want you to take action. And that's what we want on every one of these issues. And we're more like a quote-unquote a weapons factory, right? We're creating weapons of knowledge, the science, the legal, and et cetera, so people can deploy those weapons locally. Beautiful, yeah, beautiful, beautiful way to describe it too. We got to keep that factory alive, and that's exactly what I feel. You know, answering that call as well, and I've always been in that attitude and in that adjustment as far as creating that change and creating that mentality for yourself, right? Because we can't expect it to happen from the outside. And I think a lot of people are, are settling and just waiting around for some something to happen and getting some little, you know, stimulus check or whatever to keep you at bay, but it's not going to really do anything in the longer run because it's just keeping people where they want to be in the corral instead of actually creating that change sustainably. So this is a fantastic way to get out of that corral become the shepherd and start creating that sustainable change long-term. Become the light. <laughs> and become the light, yeah. exactly. Yeah. All right. Anyway, awesome. thank you, Robert. Be the light. Best to you. Yes. Let's, let's win this fight. Thank you. Yes, yes. Thank you. Thank you, thank you again, Dr. Shiva, for coming on. Namaste. Thank you, everyone who are listening. Let me just say goodbye to everyone here. Thanks, folks. Be well. I'll be back.